0: Welcome to the Nutrition Burnout Podcast, your home for food and body obsession. I'm your host, Christy Brown, founder and creator of Intuitively Strong. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the podcast you never knew you needed. Today, I'm really excited about this because we're going to talk about getting high. And this is something I kind of felt a little guilty about before. I'm a mom. I'm a middle-aged woman. I'm like, what am I doing getting high? But in these days and ages, it's like, it's it's truthfully and honestly, it's like uh, drinking alcohol. It's really not a big deal to, to most people, to the general population. So I want to talk about intuitive eating while getting high. A lot of my clients are experiencing kind of this binge effect when they take a gummy or when they smoke. Um, I am one of the worst people to smoke in the world. I don't know how people do it. I'm the person that coughs a billion times. I am the worst at it. So I do more gummies than anything, but I know a lot of people that prefer to smoke. One hitters, whatever you do, I just want to kind of let you know that it's okay. We all use this as an escape and as a way to kind of just calm down, to relax, to chill out. And that's kind of how most of us use it. But I don't know about you. It doesn't affect everybody this way, but the levels of THC and the marijuana can make you feel a little munchy. And if you're one of those people that feels like, Oh my gosh, I want to, you know, just relax, take a gummy tonight, get a little high after the kids go to bed, all that good stuff. And then you're like, but I'm really scared because I don't want to binge again. And, um, even if you're walking into the world of intuitive eating, or even if you're just like, Hey, I am doing the best I can not to binge. And I just want to not overeat and feel that hangover in the morning, that binge hangover, then you're in the right place. So food, it honestly, it tastes way better when you're high because your taste buds are extra sensitive due to the THC, the cannabinoids and, the THC, it dilates your your appetite. So when this happens, and I've noticed this quite a bit as um, I've taken gummies for years now, but I almost started feeling that, wow, like getting high almost gave me permission to binge. And this happened to me just a couple of years ago. Like this is something I figured out not too long ago. So this is something that I had to go through and kind of relearn my way through this. So just because you're an intuitive eater, doesn't mean you're not susceptible to going back to binge eating. So I want to let you know that, that even as like a professional, intuitive eater and somebody who is elite at it and, um, who teaches it to other people, I still fall back into those times to where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I am getting back into this. Or slowly I'm noticing those signs of, yeah, you're, you're really not taking care of yourself or you're, you know, using intuitive eating as a way to say, well, I can eat whatever I want. So I'm going to eat it. And a lot of times the the cannabis can enhance that feeling. So I want to talk about basically how I feel when I'm high and how I got through binge eating and how I overcame it. And you may feel what I feel. You may not feel what I feel. Um, you may think the opposite of me, or you may say, well, maybe that's it. But what I want you to do is to take this podcast and put it into your own terms with whatever you need, whether it's taking cannabis or not, um, binge eating, uh, anything in that sense. But I want you to take what I'm saying and, and use it into your own world, relate it to what you're going through. Because when I'm high or when I you know, kind of get that little giggly sense, which to tell you the truth, I usually only take like five milligrams if I'm feeling real wiggly that night. And I'm like, I just need to just absolutely want to just kind of have fun. Then I'll take a 10. I don't usually take any more than that. That's kind of my sweet spot. That's where I'm good. Um, but you do you, if you take less, if you take more, no big deal. Um, there's no judgment whatsoever. You do you. So when I take a gummy, um I usually take an indica. I usually only take them at night um or sometimes it's like a hybrid but I get no matter what, even if I take a sativa, which is supposed to be the one that keeps you awake, I fall asleep during all of them. They all make me tired. They all make me lethargic. None of them give me focus. Like I just get real lazy and comfy and I have this incredible, um, like I feel like almost like a vampire where I just have all my sensations are on high alert. Like I can hear things really good. I can, well, I can't see it all. I'm legally blind, but that's probably the one thing that doesn't work. But my sense of touch, like I, oh my gosh, everything seems so much softer to me. Like I pet my dog for hours and I have this oral fixation where just anything in my mouth, like I can hard candy, anything like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, it tastes extra better. Um, everything is just kind of intensified. And that's what the the cannabinoids do. So personally, when I take a gummy, I love to eat something crunchy or something warm. Now, like I said, everybody's different. My husband, he loves to eat fried foods. For me, I'm like, bah, not really my thing, but some people love it. No big deal. Again, no judgment. You do you. But it always seems so fun, right? When you're in the moment and... I swear something about being high just makes you feel so in the moment. It makes you feel like you are doing that present living thing so well because nothing else matters than anything at that time. And it doesn't matter if I'm like, oh, but um, I, I don't really need to eat this. I'm like, screw it. This just seems like so much fun. It seems like such a great idea to eat because it would just be such a cool expectation. And when... I do take a gummy, it's it's so much fun to let go and give, give into that temptation when I'm riding that unicorn, but it doesn't always feel great for me the next morning. In fact, like, there were times when I ate while high just because I felt like I had to. Like, well, this is the only opportunity I'm going to get to really eat because I actually have an excuse to do it. And again, I'm a professional intuitive eater, if that's even a thing. And I still felt that way when I first started taking gummies and I felt, okay, this is my only opportunity to, to do it or to have all these crazy snacks at night. Cause I never usually do it. It'd be like 10 o'clock at night and I'd be heading out to the pantry back and forth, back and forth. So I might as well do it now because I'll just do better next week. And it took me a, ra- a while to realize that, I was just giving myself an excuse to binge eat again. And now, fast forward, I can take a gummy. And sometimes I eat, sometimes I have snacks, other times I don't. But now I don't overeat or binge anymore when I do because I use these five steps. And these next five steps that I kind of walked through myself and really started feeling myself. I want to give to you. I want to tell you about these steps because they will help you realize that, listen, I want gummies to be a part of my life. I really do. It's kind of like alcohol. I personally don't have... Uh, Any type of addiction to it. I can take it or leave it. It's fine. I know that gummies are a way to kind of escape. They're not going to fix anything. It's not anything that's going to change my life, but it's kind of just a fun thing to do. And I like to do it. So I started thinking to myself, okay, if I want to keep this in my life, then I could probably do it on the weekends. I usually do it on the weekends, uh, maybe not every weekend, but it's not anything that I want to completely stop because personally, again, I don't have an addiction to it. If you do, I highly recommend seeking counseling because that's a whole different factor. But if you're someone who just likes to use it recreationally, here are the five steps that you take so that you can eat intuitively without binge eating so that you can get high and get the munchies without overeating or without making yourself feel absolutely sick with that binge hangover the next morning. So number one, the first thing that I realized would really help me is to not go into a high hungry. So what I used to do is I used to kind of save up my calories like I used to back in the day, um, before I started intuitive eating and I would, Oh, the big night out. we got a big restaurant an Italian restaurant. I'm going to get the lasagna. I'm going to get a glass of wine. I'm going to eat all the bread and put all the Parmesan cheese on it. And I'm going to fill the room with it. That guy's hand is going to fall off because he's just gonna put so much Parmesan cheese on there. So I would almost like not eat, or I would eat dinner. And I usually always have a snack, maybe it's cereal or maybe it's some kind of dessert or something like that after dinner, but I would wait and I would kind of save it up. And that was one of the worst things for me because that almost made it worse because then I was actually biologically hungry and then I would eat and then not be able to stop. So don't go into a high hungry. Don't save up your calories for that big you know, night of, of taking a gummy. So instead it helped me to eat a full meal with protein, carbs, fats, all those things, not taking, you know, not having just protein and fats, adding in carbs to it, having those three things along with something satisfying, like eating like I normally would as if I weren't taking a gummy, because then I could use the munchies as what I call taste hunger. I was just talking to a client about this to where, Fun foods, what you probably normally call bad foods or unhealthy foods, um, that's basically kind of like salt, like add to taste. You don't just use salt as your main dish, right? You're going to eat your nourishing foods, as you know, your your salmon, your asparagus, your rice, whatever it is for dinner. But I'm going to add some of that um, salt on it. You know, I'm going to add the quote unquote salt. I'm going to add that cream sauce, or I'm going to add maybe a little dessert afterward because that's binge relief for me. That's going to keep my binge eating at bay. If I only ate clean or only ate the whole foods, I would be essentially pulling that bow of restriction back so far that eventually I'm going to have to let it go. And that bow is going to just go straight into binge city. So eating a full meal and eating how I normally would right before I would get high is super helpful. So also something to notice, you're going to hear me talk a lot about hunger cues. And if you're a client of mine, you know exactly what this is. Hunger cues are basically in my hunger spectrum. And I'm just going to tell you this. So yay, little freebie here for you, but we use a scale from one to 10. So if you think of a straight line, numbers one through 10, right, you think of, um, your hunger number one being, I'm so hungry. I could eat my arm to number 10 being, I am so full that like, I can't even breathe. We've all been to both extremes. So technically you want to stay out of the one to a two and a nine to a 10. You don't want to be at the extremes. And on your hunger scale, you know, you kind of understand as you work through finding your hunger cues again, your silent hunger cues, um, because they're not easy to spot. A lot of people, in fact, when they first start working with me, don't even know when they're hungry or full. And that's something that happens a lot. It happened to me. If you've been dieting for too long and eating by, oh, Oh, what? This time I have to eat this and this amount, you know, and following the meal plans instead of your body, you can lose those hunger cues. But there's easier ways and better ways to help them come back up so you know when to stop eating and when to start eating. So the reason why I bring that up is because your hunger cues, AKA feeling hungry or feeling full will go bye bye during a high, which can make you feel like a bottomless pit and give you a reason to binge. So your main goal with a high is to enjoy the experience, to de-stress, to reduce your anxiety. The munchies are just kind of like the cherry on top, pun intended. All right, so number two, eat your high snacks even when you aren't high. So I'm going to tell you my favorite high snack. And if you come over to my house like my friends did last week, you're going to see me grab a bowl because, yes, I put everything in a bowl because you never want to eat out of bags because that just reinforces the mindless eating. And the bowls create a check-in point for you to say, hey, I can always have more later, but let's just stop, check in, pause, and then we'll come back to it. But you're going to see me with a bowl of Cheerios, Honey Nut Cheerios, probably some chocolate graham crackers, maybe, um, some panda puffs. If your kids eat that cereal, it's basically like peanut butter cereal. And so I have Cheerios, uh, peanut butter, dry cereal. I have, um, chocolate animal crackers and then goldfish in a bowl. So I have salty and sweet mix and I obviously don't add milk or anything. I just eat it like that because for some reason I, you know how your mouth gets really dry when you get high. I like to exacerbate that dryness and I eat like saltines, I eat crackers, I eat things that like make even more dry. I have no idea why, but I do. And I just rhymed so much in those lessons. sentences, so weird. So again, something that I started doing without even realizing it is I would only save that, uh, that small kids bowl of my Cheerios, my Panda Puffs, Animal Crackers, and Goldfish until I was high. And there'd be times at night where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm craving that now. Just like a a small little baggie of cereal or whatever it is. And the thing is, if you only eat your favorite snacks, if you only have your quote unquote high snacks or save them when you're high, you're likely going to binge on them. And then you're also likely going to get high just so you can have them, which could cause even more problems down the road. So introducing your high snacks during any time of the day, even when you aren't high, is key to preventing to overeating them. So I know you've probably heard this story many times before, especially if you're an avid listener, but it's like the toilet paper pandemic, right? When we talk about how toilet paper was nowhere to be found in 2020 when COVID hit. And then I had just went to the store right before COVID at Costco, bought a whole bunch of toilet paper. So we had toilet paper at home and I will never forget going to the grocery store and the shelves, everybody knows the shelves were like wiped clean. There was nothing in the toilet paper aisle. And I walked by magically one day during COVID at the grocery store. Cause that was one of the only places you could go. And the guy was restocking toilet paper. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have to get it now. But that's the whole thing. I had some at home, but I, I was like, I have to get it now because I don't know when I'm going to get it again. And that's where binge eating stems from. It's the restriction. It's the, I don't know when I'm going to get this again, so I might as well get it all now. And when you're in that kind of food sense, you think, well, I'll just do better the next day or the next time. And that's why the diet starts Monday thing always comes to, to mind here. So this is basically what you do when you only allow yourself to eat certain foods while you're high, you end up creating this sense of scarcity, which leads to what Elise Rush and Evelyn Tribbley call the last supper mentality, where you rarely allow yourself a certain food, which causes you to feel like you need to absolutely attack it, right? Like, Biology, kind of like our primal ancestors. We don't know when we're going to get food again. So we eat it all now. But yet we live in this world of abundance. But yet we're causing the scarcity around us because that's a bad food and we're not supposed to eat it. So it causes us to like overindulge in it. And say, okay, next time I'll do better. When really it just happens over and over and over again. So really start by noticing what foods you binge on when you're high and then begin adding those foods into your daily life. I mean, again, even if it's something like fried foods, You can have a little, you can have half, you can have the whole thing, but you don't have to have the whole thing. But just give yourself permission to truly enjoy them and give yourself permission to eat your favorite foods, your high foods, anytime you want, because that's going to prevent this last supper mentality. So number three, don't use cannabis or getting high as a special occasion to binge, So if you've ever heard someone say, all right, calories don't count today. It's my birthday or it's, it's a holiday, you know, we'll start again tomorrow. Don't worry. You know, uh, new year's coming up. Let's just start then. Let's go crazy right now. Get it all out of our system. Or the famous one I used when I was pregnant, like, oh, I'm eating for two. I'll just clean up my act soon. Uh, but for now I'm going to eat it all before it goes away. Right? Like that, that total last supper mentality kicking in hardcore. So if you want gummies, cannabis, whatever you call it, to be a part of your life, which I do, it's nothing that I want to get rid of anytime soon, then we've got to start treating it as a full-time family member rather than that cousin we try and stay away from, then party hardy and get in trouble with whenever they come around. So this means not planning a binge before you get high. Like, do you ever do that? I would do this even just back in the day when I used to uh, restrict my foods and macro count my life away. Is I would go out to eat with friends, and I would be that good little girl that got the the chicken and the dry broccoli, and oh, no alcohol for me, thank you. Blah blah blah. I'm being so good, and I would be so just restricted, and I felt so. Deprived at the end of the meal because I'd be seeing that everybody's having all the foods that I want, but I couldn't have. And I would actually, on the way home, in the car, plan my binge. Okay, I know we have the leftover graham crackers. Like, man, those are probably pretty stale, but that's okay. It's fine. And then, oh, we have that frosting from the cupcakes we did. Oh, I'm absolutely tearing that apart. And the peanut butter and that ice cream that's probably freezer burnt, but it doesn't matter. And I would just go ham on it. I would literally plan the binge. And then I would tell my husband, yeah, go start a movie. Can you, like... um you know, clean up the room a little bit, like get them out of the, the kitchen because that was, you know, something secret that I did. I needed to do it in secret that kind of added to the impulse to do it. It was like a high I got, huh? Like another pun intended, but like one of those, like, Ooh, I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. And that made it more exciting. But when you plan a binge, that's exactly what it does. It's like planning to do something really bad. And then what you do is you end up just absolutely regretting it because it was a terrible decision it's kind of that short-sightedness right you're using a short-term fix for a long-term struggle so this means like when you start planning a binge for getting high it's just a recipe for disaster and getting high is only going to result in a bad experience if you use it as a pass to binge or overeat or be bad and eat whatever you want okay number four Use my dip 20 method. So notice if you're eating something while high because you actually wanna eat it, or if you're eating because it's the munchies and you have to, right? Like this is the only time I'm gonna get high, so and this is the only time I allow myself these foods. So what I mean by this is, again, if you're an avid listener, you know I talk about the four types of hunger that we have. So we have these four types of hunger biological hunger, which is our natural need to eat, practical hunger, which is I know I'm not hungry now, but I'm going to eat now because I know I'm not going to get to eat again for a while. There's emotional hunger, which is eating out of an emotion. And then there's taste hunger, which is I'm not biologically hungry, but I just had that salmon, asparagus and rice meal, and I need something sweet to round it out, right? I'm not hungry, but I have this craving that I'm going to think about for the rest of the night if I don't satisfy it. That is taste hunger. And remember, with taste hunger, you don't need a lot. It's literally just a taste. So when you're eating while taking a gummy or getting high, it's important to ask yourself if the food you're eating still tastes good or if you're still enjoying that sensation, right? Because you have that really intense sensation of, Oh my gosh, this tastes extra. So good. And oftentimes I like to just monotonously chew because it gives me something to do while also experiencing that insane taste sensation. So this is where I came up with the dip 20 method. The D stands for decide. So the first thing you do is you want to decide what you want to eat so if it's a night where I'm like yeah I could have a munchy snack that's fine some nights I do some nights I don't so I decide that I want to make a snack so this is where you're going to satisfy your cravings and that mouthfeel that you're just desiring so you're gonna make it ready get this desire a bowl <laughs> dad joke. So for me, this means adding variety. So you need to nail down what you want to eat, AKA what is the texture that you want? So for me, it's something crunchy and that's going to exacerbate that dryness in my mouth. I know weirdo. And then ask yourself temperature. A lot of times, sometimes I'll have or split a a pop tart with my husband or I'll have a pop tart because sometimes it gives me that dryness, but then also that just warmth. I love warmth when I'm high. I don't know why. And then flavor. Do you want something salty, something sweet, something savory? Personally, I'm a big fan of mixing the sweet and salty together. So what you do is you decide What flavors and textures and temperatures that you want. And if it's a bunch of small snacky things, then use that kid's bowl. And keep in mind that the point of the kid's bowl isn't to say that you're done after this small bowl or this plate and you can't have any more. No, like that's just gonna create another form of scarcity. So instead, this is simply that check-in point where we can always go back and get more if we want to and we'll talk about that in a little bit here but it also helps us realize that this is a good portion for us most of the time. So if we do end up mindlessly eating, we can stop. We have that built-in check-in point. And If we want to break a habit, we have to make that habit less desirable and less convenient, which means we have to get up and go get more. And if we want to build a habit, we need to make it more attractive and convenient. So if food is in front of me while I'm high and we just have this smorgasbord in front of us, I'm likely going to mindlessly eat it. But when I have to give myself a pause because I've reached the bottom of the bowl, it serves as that check-in point for me to stop take a break, and decide if I want to get more after that. And if I do, then I'll get up and go get another bowl and do it all over again. But the goal is to give yourself the freedom with food while also being intentional at the same time. And this does take practice, but the more you allow yourself without restriction, the easier it's going to become. So, the I in dip 20 is to take intentional bites. What I mean by this is take those small and proportioned bites to taste. So, as you can see, my high snack concoction, I have a lot of sweet, salty, uh, savory, all that in there. But I will either use a spoon or grab with my hands one of each of those four things, right? The, the graham cracker, the Cheerio, the panda puffs, and the, um, goldfish. And I will take one of each. And if I put them all in my mouth at once, what I do, oh this is going to sound so gross, but I do it is I kind of suck on them until they turn mushy. And for me, that's another, uh, intense sensation. It's another, um, just way that my mouth can, can have that feel of something different. And again, it's a texture thing for me. So make sure that whatever you do, you take small bites and you eat it slowly and finish each bite before you load more, more of that food onto your utensil or into your hand. So the point of taking intentional bites is to not just throw everything in your mouth. And while you're chewing, you know, start loading up your hand or your fork with another bite, but to actually enjoy your food. Because a lot of times when we eat food like this, that's, I'm just going to say quote unquote, bad food. We tend to eat it fast because we either don't want people seeing us eating it, or we don't want to come into reality and see ourselves eating that bad food. Like To me, it was always the subconscious thing of eat it fast, so maybe the calories don't catch, or maybe eat it fast, so um, you could just get it out of the way, or I'm not going to get this again, so just eat it again. But when you have that in your mind that you can always eat it, it's like, oh, well, I can always have more later. So again, bring that abundance instead of the scarcity. So taking those small and intentional bites is going to make it last longer, and it's also going to help you feel uh, that fullness a little bit more, even though it's a little bit harder to feel so you have the decide so the decision you have the intentional bites the p is pause so when you're done eating or when you've reached the bottom of that bowl and sometimes depending on probably the milligram i take or how focused i am um i don't even finish the bowl because i'm just like oh i'm done with this i'm all done like my taste buds aren't enjoying it anymore i'm i'm good or I'm not having that f- sensation when I first did, when I first took that bite, right? Your taste buds naturally turn down. That's what I call the taste bud turn down method when food becomes less desirable or you're done eating. So when you're done eating that bowl, pause, take a break, knowing that this food is not going anywhere and you can always have more later. And then this is where the 20 comes in. The dip 20 is to wait. 20 minutes. Set a timer on your phone or say, okay, this episode is going to last 20 more minutes. All right, cool. I'm just going to wait till the end of this episode and then reassess. So you can do any of those, but 90% of the time, what you're going to do is you're going to wait the 20 minutes. And I'm not going to lie right after I'm done with that bowl, I instantly want another bowl. Like instantly. I'm like, all right, you're going to go get another bowl. And when I say, cool, no big deal. Let's just wait 20 minutes. Let the food settle a little bit in our stomach and kind of just chill out. I'm, I'm not like, Nope, you got to wait 20 minutes. I kind of talk to myself like, yeah, cool. Sounds great. Let's, let's just wait that 20 minutes and uh, you can go pee and you can go grab some water because your mouth is super dry and you can go grab another bowl. But 90% of the time, I've either moved on to a new sensation, like playing a game on my phone or using one of my kids' fidget toys, or I'm just too lazy to get up and go get anything else. So taking that 20-minute break is so crucial because when I take a break, I'm usually done after that. I mean, here's the thing, I could eat, but at this point, I've honored that intense food sensation that I was looking for while still being able to respect my fullness, and that is such a cool feeling. Okay. Number five, redirect your mouth sensation to another feel good sensation. So what I mean by this is you may feel like right when you're done eating, right, you've reached the bottom of your kid's bowl and you're like, Oh, no, I'm, I'm sad. Like I missed that. I want more. Like my mouth is missing something. You may realize that you're done eating. And even though you want to keep eating, that hey, this is what I'm doing, but I know it's only going to make me feel worse. If I keep going, let's just pause and take that 20 minute break. So I want you to understand that it's okay to feel that, that form of remorse or to mourn the loss of your high snack. It's totally okay. It's normal when you feel that it's actually the key. Like, wow, I've reached that next step. Like I've made it this far. That's really cool. So That kind of remorse and that feeling of just, oh. It's going to pass in a few minutes because something else is going to catch your eye, but that's exactly what redirecting your next sensation means. So here's what I want you to think of is now that you've experienced that mouthfeel, let's move on to something else. So a couple different ways that you can experience new sensations, because a lot of times that's just all we want to do. Sometimes if, I don't know if you're like me, um, I have ADD and, be having ADD while being high. It's like, you still have to do something with your hands. Uh, like I can't just sit there and watch TV or watch a show. I've got to do something. So I'm either playing a game on my phone, paint by numbering, or, um, building a Lego set, like all those things in bed. I know my husband hates it, but I will do all those things in bed, but here's some other things that you can focus on doing. So for some people, even just turning on a new show or watching a funny or scary movie, funny movies are hilarious to me. I don't know why we always watch Jackass. It's just so funny, but something even as simple as coloring, like those adult coloring books, um, building a Lego figurine, like I said, paint by numbering, playing a game on your phone, playing with a fidget toy. Um, Something that I've actually thought about before and have experienced it with is um, when my kids were newborns, they had these sensory toys with like uh, it'd be like a little stuffed animal elephant and each ear would have like a different sensation, like plastic on its ear with little spikes, you know, little, little gentle ones, nothing that would hurt them. And then the other one would be felt. And then the other one would have, you know, on his back, he'd have this like, kind of like made out of rolly balls. And then his front would be something different. Like even feeling some of those is just a different sensation. And then you could also do, if you're still after that 20 minutes, you're like, I'm not hungry, but I'm still feeling like I need something. Um, You could have something warm, something with heat, uh, you know, a hot tea in your hand or a heated blanket or even like shower or a bath or (laughs) something that is an incredible sensation, you know, something like sex or masturbation even. So I'm not even kidding. This is something that it creates an incredible sensation. So the reason why I'm saying this is because... You have to start thinking that it's not just about eating. And if we're using cannabis as a way to binge or to eat, that is only going to create bigger monsters. So let's either attack it now, like make the monster smaller or catch the monster before it gets too big. Because I think about it this way you took cannabis for a reason, right? And by overeating, it's actually going to cause more harm in the long run because you're going to feel even more anxiety when you start coming down from your high. And then you're going to feel that overwhelming sense of fullness and that guilt and that shame that comes with it. So whether you're taking a gummy or smoking to relax or de-stress or numb out, keep reminding yourself that Cannabis is not going to fix your anxiety or stress for good, it's simply a fun way to decompress. Think of cannabis as a vitamin or a supplement, not a medication or a cure. And as always, friends, like don't beat yourself up if you do overeat one night or maybe you took more than usual and you're like, "Wee, this is fun. Um, It's going to happen. You're going to have times when you don't eat, when you overeat, when you eat a little more than usual, but simply use that experience. Like anytime my clients have an experience where they're like, I ate more than I was supposed to, I'm like, perfect. Take that as your foundation of exactly what you don't want and how you don't want to feel. I used to write down after my binges exactly how it felt. And when I was planning a binge on the way home or when I was, um, well, I I'm an intuitive eater, so I can eat whatever I want. When I was kind of in that phase of my journey, I would just go back to those notes and be like, wow, I, I really hated how I felt after that. And keep reminding yourself that we want cookies and cannabis and ice cream to be a part of our lives. And if we're going to have it in our everyday lives, then we need to learn how to use it in a way that is, is healthy for us and balanced. And even reflecting on your past high experiences can give you a good idea Of really what you want to happen and what you don't want to happen. Like you can have both worlds. You can have a little bit, you know, you can have that balance and you don't need to go to either extreme while getting high. And here's the thing. It's going to take practice. It's going to take time, but even doing something 1% better is going to be, better for you in the long run. It's going to help you out more. It's going to help you figure out exactly what you do and don't want, but putting those rules and regulations on yourself is only going to make things worse. So everyone is different. And the coolest part about this is that you get to determine what feels best for your body. So if you do struggle with binging while getting high, you're not alone. I mean, honestly, this happens to everyone and shoot, it even happened to me, but this is something that I feel like we need to open the doors to a little bit more and and talk about. So if you wouldn't mind, um, could you do me a favor if you have more questions or even if you're just working on not binging anymore, find my Instagram at the bottom of the show notes on this episode and send me a DM. Hey, Christy, I heard your episode. I have a question because I want to focus on you. This is about you. So if you have questions or even if you're just working on not binging anymore, eating more intuitively or how to deal with eating out at restaurants or anything like that, find my Instagram at the bottom of the show notes below and click the link that you desire because I have so many helpful resources to get you to feel more in control around food and to learn how to honor your hunger and respect your fullness and make sure you stay tuned because I have an incredible complete plate system coming out that is going to give you everything that you need to start your intuitive eating journey. Again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening and for being here. Truly I appreciate you more than, you know, until next time, my friends intuitively strong out.